Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast with less combined muscle mass than a single Matt Holiday forearm. <laughs> my name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorka. Hello, everyone. Um, I'm yoked, bro. <laughs> Still, <laughs> even so. Oh, no. It, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. I think that's the number one thing I'm most excited about this season is the the forearms. They're back, baby. Thank God. Yeah. We needed it. I have a reason to watch now. I have a reason to get up in the morning and a reason to watch. Yeah. Same. And uh, besides those uh, forearms, we are going to be talking about the other new members of the coaching staff, some recent Cardinal roster moves, and some news and notes from around the league. you have an idea for the opening joke tweet us at talk about birds uh ben it's pretty wild like totally unprecedented but yeah. can you believe they um they canceled the world series <laughs> <laughs> um i mean honestly it was the right thing to do if you look at the climate um yeah. you know well, the, the the twitter of it all uh the I, um yeah, economy Musk, yeah you know out um, there wow yeah. topical the, <laughs> the the trade wins um el nino i think it's actually la nina this year ah well so, even better i'm even yeah. more important that they cancel the world series yeah but uh yeah i think you know when you look at everything you know when the chips are on the table when um when when yeah. you, the, the hens come home to roost uh when uh the you know the you play wolf, a hard nine yeah um you know when once you've uh you've put in the work yeah yeah uh, at the end how, of the how day much, how much longer can we get? <laughs> i could do a whole app like that i know um well uh the the like the one thing everyone was pretty united on not wanting to happen this yeah. year uh at the beginning of the year frankly like i think if you pulled baseball and you said what's the one thing you don't want to happen this year i think everyone outside of texas would have said yeah I don't want the Astros to win the World Series, uh, and well, it, it was a it was a good run. You and I last spoke uh, right at peak Phillies, looking like they could yeah. do it, and then uh, <laughs> then that night they got no hit, and um, it you know it really never they never really came back from it all, which not surprising. I think it's actually. I think it's a perfect representation of the Phillies that they both made it to the world series and also got no hit in the yeah. world series. Uh, that, that makes, you know, that's like the variance of it all. Like they got so lucky that everything came together exactly right for them. So many times in their, you know, insane team construction that it had to swing the other way at yeah. some point. And it swung the other way so hard that they got no hit in a World Series game. It's yeah, pretty so, incredible. So yeah, you're you're I think you're kind of positing like the, the baseball gods were were like maybe fell asleep at the wheel for a month or so and then kind of woke up and then they got no hit. And that's that's <laughs> kind of how that went down. And also like 
Not to take away from the Astros, we talked about it. The Astros have like a, a fantastic pitching staff and one of the best bullpens in recent memory, like top to bottom pitching staff, bullpen, all that stuff. Um, but you know what? I don't care about combined no hitters. No hitters have kind of lost their luster over the past wow. couple of years. Um, like, obviously, I'm going to be amped next time the Cardinals uh, throw a no hitter because it's been such a long time, like what, like 2001 or something like that. Yeah. So, so I'll be really excited for that. But I do think no hitters, uh, I don't care so much. The offensive environment, the, the how hard pitchers throw, blah, blah, blah. And then you add the combined no hitter. And wh- how am I supposed to care about that? Like I was sitting there watching it. I, actually, I was I was at that uh, wing deal with uh, with Steven and there was an Astros fan behind us who was he was very into it. Um, but I just like, I don't know. Am I crazy? Am I jaded? Or do you, do you, do you care? Um, I have to be honest with you. You said that wing deal and my mind just started running. So can you please remind, (laughs) um, me and the listeners what you mean when you say that wing deal it's the it's that the, there's this <laughs> missouri bar kind of by my house called stoney's and they do uh it's unlimited wings on wednesday nights so we In watch this economy i know unlimited um, al- wings although you know what because of this economy it's only boneless wings that are unlimited and if you do the bone in it's bogo uh oh so you know i'm just i'm just doing the uh the bone in so, bogo which is not a great deal okay. but we're not so as good of a deal a, yeah, you got unlimited chicken nuggets. Yeah. Or yeah, exactly. you've got boneless or you've got wings. Yeah. I mean, buy one, get one's nice. It's a great deal. I mean, it's it's more wings than I had, you know, before walking in there. So that alone is good. Every time I buy one, I hope to get one. So yeah. that deal makes sense. Um <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. Buy one, get one. It's like, yeah, yeah. that's 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 it's the, a phenomenal value. Yeah. Well, it's 50% I mean, off. I'm just saying, no, you just buy one and you get one. Oh, like, <laughs> Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Can we move on? I had chimichurri wings this week. It was, they were good. Oh yeah. How was that? They were good. Okay. They were good. Yeah. They had a little sprinkle of uh, cheese on them too. It's like cheese and wings and chimichurri. Wow. That feels excessive, but also probably fantastic. Yeah, it was I like a chimichurri sauce. I don't get it very often, but, uh, mm. You know, when if when available, I'll I'll dabble. <laughs> Will you? Doesn't sound like it. I'm actually questioning if you know what chimichurri I, I is. Made, I made a chimichurri sauce not that long ago. We made a steak and wow. had a chimichurri sauce on the side. Silver little, spoon Nate over here little making little steaks. Ch- Jesus! <laughs> wow. Go down to Schnooks, grab myself one of those six dollar fifty cent uh, eight ounce strip steaks. You can get yeah. beef for that cheap. Wow. If you're couponing, my dude. <laughs> oh, my God. Can we stop the episode? I hate this. I want to talk about the World uh, Series. Right. I, I no asked hitter. you a question. Yeah, no I hitter. asked you a question. Jeez. How, do I, how do I feel about, <sighs> a, com- about a combined no-hitter? Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I do think... I guess I haven't thought about it that much, but now that I'm, I bet you love it, them, you sick freak. <laughs> no, you're I, your steak, you're sitting back, and you're like, bring uh, another pitcher yes, in. Yeah, strike him out. <laughs> oh, I got chimichurri in my pants. Um, <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I, I think I agree with you. I, 
I think like the moment was interesting and I was thinking a lot about, I hadn't thought about it in a, in a baseball gods side of things, but like, I did think it was pretty interesting that like of all teams, of all the situations, I thought it was pretty funny and pretty interesting that the Phillies got no hit. Um, But as far as like the accomplishment of it all, I, I didn't walk away going like, Oh my God, this is what a world series game. This is world series history. Um, Because yeah, I think a combined no hitter is a significant step down as far as like historical relevance and general excitement uh, than, than an actual end to end individual no hitter, which I do think is still, uh, you know, a compelling and enjoyable thing to watch, but yeah, combined no hitter. It's cool. You know, um, but it, I, it, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I guess I don't care that much about a combined no hitter, but it was funny that it happened to the Phillies. And then, uh, then the Astros kind of just ran away with it. Um, which yeah. is what we all expected. You know, they are a like stupid baseball machine. Yeah. Um, I did want to ask you, like, there's some time now between the, um, cheating scandal and sure. the, and this team and most of the major players, but not all of them, but like a right. lot of the major players are not even on the team anymore. Right. Um, and like Altuve seemingly maybe had nothing to do with it though. He was obviously aware of it. You, how could you not be, but like, yeah, do you, like, I think I, I, it's fun and easy for me to hate the Astros. Right. And like the cheating thing is one piece of it. But there's also like for Cardinals, there's like the long term just rivalry of them used to be in the central. Mm-hmm. There's the, the, the killer bees years, the yeah. killer B there's the, and then there's the Correa and Lunau. Yeah. Like there's a long enough history that like I think, frankly, the cheating thing at this point is actually maybe not even the predominant. Like, I don't know what the biggest ingredient in my stew of disliking the Astros is, yeah. but like, you know, it's it's well, I, how do you feel? Yeah, I mean, I think I hate the Astros for many reasons. I think I hate them from the the spirited rivalries and the days of, you know, the the summer of Carlos Beltran and the many years of uh, Lance Berkman and El Caballo and Roy Oswald and and Brad Lidge and and those were good hard fought games and that's all great. Um, and then obviously they you know moved leagues. Uh, they stole one of our front office people. Not stole. They hired one of our front office people. And then they did something that makes me hate modern baseball, and that is tank to a degree that is like unprecedented. Precedented, but before the Astros did what the Astros did, and and that by that I mean like multiple hundred loss seasons, yeah. running a payroll in the absolute dumpster for one of the largest markets in baseball. And then to build their team up after that. Now I'll give them credit. They, they deserve credit for going and finding Bregman and Correa and uh, you know, Altuve came out of nowhere and they made a great trade to get Jordan Alvarez and their pitching is all homegrown and they've done a good job. They, they've pulled the right levers, but I do think that there is something, you know, kind of, it's just not, it's, it's not, it, the idea of saying to your fan base, we're going to take five years off from being competitive so that we can reset. I just, I hate that. And I think that all sports, including baseball should do everything they can to dissuade owners and management from making that call and penalizing them. And and look like they are still being rewarded for what they did. They now I will reiterate, they have filled those guys in. They have made the right moves. They've gotten to the world series twice. Um, and, and I guess the final point 
or, or the, the other part of the hate that I have is that the lack of contrition that was shown not only during like the 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 Bregman hitting a home run on a curveball that he knew was coming and then go walking up to the camera and flexing and smirking into the camera that will forever sit with me as you suck um, especially <laughs> yeah. with hindsight the in the lack of contrition from him Correa Altuve actually did seem legitimately shooken up by it he seems like a, he's a, like a big old softy um so yeah. you know like but but the kind of attitude that they came out with when they really should have just if I was them, I would have just came out, put my head down and played hard and, uh, you know, let let it all roll off. You can go back in the clubhouse and be all pissed off about the fans getting on you or whatever. But like the only thing you can do there is come out and play well and shut up. But uh, yeah. then th- we're also like at this stage where we're so far away from it now. It's 2017, like half of the league probably actually two-thirds of the league has former at 2017 astros players on like am i gonna boo when the jays come to town or am i gonna boo george springer probably not like it, it seems like it's now just focused on bregman and altuve and again rightfully so um but it's it's there you know what i mean like the team is sprinkled yeah. throughout the league like i i, I don't know it, it's it's a it's a weird well, thing we, the fan base did properly take care of Jeff Albert. So, you know, there is, <laughs> we at least did our part. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> uh, go back to our previous episode. If you uh, think I'm being serious about that. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I, I, you know, there's, there's way more to it than, than the, the cheating thing. And I think like, I well, think also, if you want to add one more thing, like Altuve winning the MVP that year, also should fuel the fire for the hate like yeah who say whatever you want about how much he was individually affected by it. but the team was affected which gave him more ample opportunity to do better things score more right. rbi score more runs all that stuff and for him to win the mvp it's just all this big mishmash of like how am i supposed to like the astros yeah i mean i don't i don't think you're supposed to like the astros i think <laughs> yeah. you know i think it's fine i i I think it is, uh, you know, they, they are the most hated team and I think they will be for a while. You know, I was just wondering like, how much do you still think about the cheating aspect of it? Especially from like a lens of a Cardinals fan yeah. where we have a lot of reasons to hate the Astros and we don't necessarily yeah. do the cheating. Yeah. And I guess to answer that more specifically, like, I don't think I care about the cheating so much anymore. Also, like it pretty much seems like as we learn more and more that a Everyone lot of teams was, were doing yeah. things similar to, so like, I don't know what the Cardinals were doing and what they weren't doing, but you know, glass stone or uh, glass stones, <laughs> throwing <laughs> stones throw at a glass, glass stones. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, like, I, I kind of want to just move on from that. And, and like, it's more the, they're at it. Like I just, they just, they grind my gears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um wow please keep the language <laughs> let's let's not get too crazy here know, today I'm sorry um, the show on you <laughs> yeah um on your point about uh tanking i do think that's an interesting one you know we uh some of the cardinals biggest foils over the last few years the last decade have basically been the direct products of that tanking methodology uh, the Red Sox under Theo Epstein, yeah. and then the Cubs under Theo Epstein, and right. then the Astros now under uh, their ownership group. So um, 
I mean, I do think it's getting a little bit better to the credit of those groups. At least their tanking did result in di- like not dy- well dynasties for the Astros, not dynasties for the other groups. But at least it resulted right. in championships for those other groups. So that that like bargain they tried to make with their fan base did pay off. And I bet most fans would accept that deal in hindsight, knowing that they get that championship. Because uh, I think about like all the teams that keep tanking over and over and over and just staying bad, right? Uh, you know, so I guess like at least that they were successful at it, but I agree. Like I, I, I don't know if we're really seeing it as much anymore too. I think some of the, the changes have helped with that. And some, I do think that there was a backlash enough to it um, that like, you know, we're, we're not seeing it as much as we were before. We're just seeing like shitty organizations that continue to be bad. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But that is different. It's different than going out there and saying like, we're being bad on purpose. The, the Marlins at least have the, the, uh, you know, the, um, I don't know, foresight or the, the, uh, (laughs) maybe ignorance to say like, we're going to win this year, (laughs) you know, even though they, they clearly are not. Yeah. And again, I I think like that needs to be hit again. Like the Astros did that and they capitalized on it and then they have put a sustainable product for, I mean, that was 2017. It's, you know, they just won the 2022 world series like that. That's a long window. Um, I think dynasty is a stretch, but they, and they've also done smart things. Like they've, they've held on to players. They have, uh, courted players like, uh, Justin Verlander. They have traded for and fixed players like Garrett Cole. Um, Charlie Morton is another name that kind of, they kind of built up now, whether that was via spider tack or not, you know, there's, <laughs> you know, th- that's the other yeah. thing is, is that they're, they're like, I, I don't know, like to what degree, are they just egregious and everybody's doing the same thing, but they're just the ones that are pu- going to push it that extra 5%. And then we they get speculate. Caught, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, th- I mean, they're obviously doing something smart. Like James click their current GM, like there, there was, t- he just got extended one year. There was talk of him not coming back, which was like absolutely insane to me. He has built a monster. Like I, I, the, yeah, the pitching I, alone, like wh- why would you not? They or, or here, a way to contextualize that really quick is like, the Mets are going to be paying $20 million for Edwin Diaz next year. And James click built a entire bullpen that was as good as it gets for like a quarter of that cost, or maybe like a third of that or uh, two thirds of that. Some, some, you know, something like that, like the whole bullpen. So I don't know. I'll stop talking. Well, I do think maybe dynasty is too early, but I think, I think that's what this is going to be. But I think that winning a championship in baseball is, uh, you know, particularly hard yeah and so like i think what you measure a dynasty as might have to be a little bit different nowadays than uh yeah like you know the braves of the 90s or whatever where they won multiple in a short period of time like especially with the expanded playoff system Mm -hmm. um you know and uh, until now with the astros winning you know we were talking about it last week uh, like the last nine world series in a row have been a different team. And yeah. this is the first time we've had a repeat. And I think that just speaks to the randomness of, of baseball and, and a short series. So I think if you recalculate your dynasty, like we have two dynasties going on right now and it's the Dodgers and it's the Astros. Um, but yeah. yeah, yeah, I guess like that, that's a good point. Cause like there, there's all this random aspect of being in the baseball playoffs, but how many times have the Astros made it to the CS or the or the World Series in the past 
five, six years. Um, yeah, I, I think you're probably right now that I'm chilling out a little bit and, and thinking <laughs> about that a little more level headed. Like, just I don't getting want that them deep. to be a dynasty. Yeah, but no, yeah. they are. Um, they are, they are, and, and and they've had a lot of brain drain, and they've had a lot of talent lose, and they're still good. Like Carlos Correa is going to get paid like two hundred million dollars this year, um, and, and go to another team, and like they they can just lose that guy, and Jeremy Pena comes in and wins World Series MVP. You yeah, know, it's I don't know. Yeah, they're yeah. they're good. Stupid Astros. All right. Well, anyway, uh, Jose Altuve uh, did not have an RBI all off season or all postseason. <laughs> Yeah, suck it, Altuve. Not not that we care about RBIs that much, but I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I mean, it does. Yeah, you would expect to win, if you win the World Series, a core piece of your offense would at least have one just yeah. out of you know randomness. So, all right, well let's let's talk about uh, the Cardinals now. <laughs> I think we're yeah. we're done kind of bitching about the Astros. Oh, yeah, goodness. we're not done, but no. uh, true art is never done. Um, but we're, we're moving on from now. I think I need um, to get that off though. That I do feel better. Yeah. Good. Um, let this podcast be your therapy. That's what people like to listen to. <laughs> um, now the, I guess like the biggest news drop for the Cardinals since we last recorded is we went from having no coaches <laughs> So now we have all of the coaches. It's yeah. it's done. The, the, clearly, the Cardinals do not like having openings in their in their staff, uh, and they. It's almost as if they like were prepared for this. And I guess you probably always are. Yeah. You never know with your those top level coaches. And I assume they had some inkling that Maddox was going to step away. And you know, so the only one that's probably really was a shock was Jeff Albert. So right, we've got. Uh, you know, some, some big, big news. Um, I think the biggest one, whether it'll actually have the biggest impact or not, but the one that's the most fun for Cardinal fans and particularly, I know for you and I, uh, you know, one of our favorite Cardinals of all time, Matt holiday yeah. is back. Um, and he is now the bench coach, yeah. uh, which is an important position. Uh, so he and his whole family are all baseball coaches. This isn't very surprising. Right. Like, yeah, um, you know, he's coached at OSU, uh, it, you know, he's got baseball has been his in his family. And now his son is like the next, you know, new yeah. thing. Like it's it runs in their blood. Um, so not surprised that he's entered into the major league coaching staff. I was a little surprised that, you know, he went straight to like bench coach for the mm -hmm. Cardinals. That's a pretty big jump. Um, but I'm excited. I mean, it it is it'll be interesting because he's kind of already said that he's not a big analytics guy. Right. Uh, and that is not very in line with what we expect the Cardinals to be prioritizing right now. Um, but I think the bench coach is more there just as like a foil to the, to the, uh, you know, to whoever the manager is. So like, you know, maybe he'll just be there to sort of bounce ideas with, Ali, I don't know. What what are your thoughts on on the hiring of Matt Holiday? Yeah, I, I think I, I I pretty much agree with what you're saying. Like, and I watch. You know, he did a hit on uh on one of the baseball shows, uh, interview shows on MLB Network. Um, and I think 
I, I guess the couple of things I've taken away from that is that he has said multiple times that him and Ali are like best friends. They they talk yeah. all the time. So I'm guessing that even if he isn't super analytically inclined, he will fall in line and agrees with the way in which Ali, you know, plans on kind of managing the team and, you know, like employing all, you know, all the levers and all that. that. So I, I, I think I'm not so worried about that. What gave me a little bit of pause was that when he was on the interview, they were asking him like, so, what you know, what are you going to do? What, what's your role going to be? And he's like, oh, well, we haven't really talked about that much i'm not sure what that's going to look like and you kind of think that like when skip was interviewing through the role or they were talking about that I, I imagine skip showed up with like a binder and now i don't know this to be true but they all talk about his preparation and, and his uh just like detail oriented nature and i'm not sure that matt holiday is that guy I, I think the good part of it is that he will come in and immediately be respected by the entire team not that like Skip wasn't or other people haven't, but like he's Matt Holiday. He has a red, uh, a red jacket like he is, you know, on the wall. He's he's Matt Holiday. Everybody yeah. knows who that is. He is friends with half the roster and the other half of the roster looks up to him. So I think it, it makes sense to me in the sense that if he is going to be the one that's going to be explaining these complex analytical uh, ideas in a more simple baseball player way that the players are going to listen to what he's saying, right? Like. If Matt Holiday says it, they'll probably take it as gospel. So that's a good thing that you have a mouthpiece from the front office going to the players and the players should be responding to it. Um, outside of that, like the other thing that I thought was interesting is, you know, we've been complaining about Cardinals player development and, and obviously he's not going to be focusing on the pitching side. It's going to be position player, I would guess, like fully, but he's been working with his kids and he's been working at a college like you just talked about. So his whole thing has been trying to make young players better. Um, and the Cardinals have a lot of young players. And if he's, you know, in Dylan Carlson, Juan Yepes's ear, uh, Alec Burleson, Jordan Walker, if, if that is what he does all on board for that, if he's just focusing yeah. on developing those guys and then obviously being the in-game guy when, you know, the games are being played, it all sounds good to me. Um, but obviously like he's never done this. I don't, you know, I don't know where our expectations really should be. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting point because I was thinking about Skip too. And, you know, most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, like the coaches that are the most successful are the guys who got there in professional baseball through like outworking and outsmarting <laughs> everyone. And that usually doesn't sustain very long in the majors because yeah. just at the end of the day, the like true freaks of physical talent will win because it's athletics. But like there is a path into professional sports for the guy who just outplays everyone all the time. And uh, that was Skip Schumacher, you know, but like if he, you have like a thousand plate appearances and your war is like 0 0.4, you're going to be a coach or a manager <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. I mean, and, and there's all those stories of those guys who like failed miserably at being a coach because they could not connect with the players because they just would they're like, just do it. Just go right. up there and hit a home run. You know, they couldn't explain their thought process because they didn't necessarily have one outside of like what worked exactly for them and got them right. there. Whereas like a guy like skip has to like basically understand every approach, figure out exactly the right one for himself and apply it perfectly or else he's going to fail. Right. Um, and I've, I think Matt holidays more in the other camp of, mm -hmm. Uh, he's a tree person and he, uh, you know, is, well, I think that's enough. He's a tree yeah. person. So, yeah. um, 
So like, what is it? Why, why would an, a team that has primarily focused on analytics hiring, they fired their previous manager for some seeming slight, some difference between the, uh, head, the front office and him, like very much looking for a very specific thing in the front off or in the, in the dugout. Why Matt holiday? And I think you're right. I hadn't really thought about that. Um, I don't know that the Cardinals care too much about that, like a leader of men thing anymore. I think Mike Matheny might've uh, hurt that a little bit or ruined that. But um, I, the like idea of working with the younger people makes sense to me. And yeah. that is what he's been doing. And I think it's more like leader of men, blah, blah, blah. I think it's more credibility. Like he, yeah. he has credibility and that's kind of more what like, you know, there were stories of Matt Carpenter, not, you know, wanting to make adjustments and, and change things when he was with the Cardinals. And that didn't happen until he was fired, basically. So, like, I, I think that is more where I'm coming from rather than like, he's Matt Holiday. You just listen to him. It's more like this guy's been successful for a long time. He's yeah. beloved in the city. He is beloved by the organization. Maybe what he says you should do. Um, he's wearing super stylish glasses now. Like, <laughs> respect that. You like those. I think he's, you know, he's, he's leaning into a new look. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's fine. Both of our wives are super excited that Matt holiday oh, is back. In that that's time. a fact. I mean, you, I, like, we'll just break it down. Like a, the man can fill out a uniform. I usually like you <laughs> looking at Mike Schilt in a uniform. Not, I'm not trying to body shame anybody, but you know, looking at that guy compared to Matt holiday, it's just, you know, it, it's the way God yeah. intended. <laughs> the thing with Mike Schilt that always made me laugh is like he wore his hat so low. Yeah. He had such like a flat brim to it. Like <laughs> he he it was such a strange look. And then you take his hat off, you're like, oh yeah, you know, he's just normal looking guy. Look yeah. normal looking guy, but he's yeah. like looked like a weird troll. Yeah. He's like, just not a baseball player. That's that's no. No, that's nothing wrong with that. Me neither. Yeah. I I am. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do think I could probably fill out a uniform better than Shilty, though. <laughs> uh, low bar. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. So I guess it it, it <laughs> there's got to be a thought process behind it to bring in this guy. I, I think you're probably right. It's something something with the youth, the youth. Youths. And uh, yeah, I mean, youths. he's been working with 18 to 22 year olds for the past couple of years like that. Right. That makes sense to me. Yeah. I, hope, I hope that's what it is. And Marmol himself is only like 24 or 25 or whatever. So <laughs> just out of college. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, other movement, the rest, um, lesser known names yeah. uh, than Matt Holiday. Um, but if you follow the Cardinal sort of internal coaching staffs, like these, most of these guys have been known. Um, yeah. So start with um, Turner Ward. Uh, he's been promoted to the new hitting coach. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I th- I think they're, you know, Paul Goldschmidt likes him. He's got the Paul Goldschmidt stamp of approval. They've worked together for years in the Diamondbacks. Uh, I know that uh, Turner Award uh, spoke extremely highly of Jeff Albert and has been, you know, the word guru has been used on him. Uh, so, you know, My, this is the least surprising of all of these to me is because the Cardinals, by all accounts, really liked what Jeff Albert was doing. Right. And it was Jeff Albert's plan, his own choice to leave. So it makes sense to just be like, all right, who, like who was the, the next most Jeff Albert of the crew? We're not trying to do anything new. We just need to keep the system that we have running. 
going. So, yeah. all right, turn reward, bring him up. Let's Makes see sense. What happens. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what else? We've got uh, Dusty Blake. Yeah. Uh, now the uh, pitching coach. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on Dusty Blake? I think this is something to be excited about, you know, kind of talking the, the same way that we're kind of talking about Matt Holiday, obviously less like major league pedigree, but Dusty Blake kind of made his name as the pitching coach for Duke. Um, and over the three years that he was there, he like basically took their pitching staff from being middling to the best in their league. Um, now that's college, but the reason that I'm excited about that is because we've been complaining all year about the Cardinals inability to develop a pitcher. I have to imagine a guy who's coming from a college coaching program and is I should caveat that with he's been in the Cardinal system for a couple of seasons now. Um, but that's, that's kind of where he came from pitching development. That's who I want at the big league roster. Adam Wainwright doesn't need development. Adam Wainwright needs to, you know, watch video and make sure his, his, his extension is where it needs to be. But I want Dusty Blake talking to Jack Flaherty, talking to Matthew Libator, figuring it out, improving their pitches. He's very, uh, he, he is, uh, 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 um, very up on um, TrackMan, um, the uh, the various like high tech tools around spin rate and able to break that down to players. And like I said, the the, the idea that he is coming from the educational background that he's coming from, um, I think is a slam dunk. I think this is the exact direction the Cardinals need to be in. It is essentially the opposite of Maddox. Um, so I think it's great. Yeah, super I excited. The, yeah, Mike Maddox, super respected. Obviously pretty good at maintaining uh, developed pitchers, but there was some gap and I don't know if it's on him or the minor league or whatever, you know, it's so hard to um, identify. It could be drafting. Cardinals just, just, yeah. just not managed to draft a, a guy that is truly, you know, next level, but we'll never know. But um, I think taking a different approach, it makes a lot of sense. So I guess we'll see. I mean, with all these things, coaches, you know, usually takes time for the impacts to to happen and success can be pointed to a lot of different things and failure can be pointed to a lot of different things. But, um, you know, I, it seems to me that there was at least a, a good thought process around these promotions. Yeah. Um, we've got a couple assistant coaches, which is even harder to, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, to really point to for anything, but yeah. just to round out our, coverage of it uh brandon allen is now an assistant hitting coach uh he was with triple a and then with memphis and then julio rangel wrangle previously a member of the red sox coaching staff ron so, hell ron hell never we heard are so good we're so good at research um <laughs> yeah hey, just uh, yeah we yeah. just read the name never heard it out loud whatever yeah so i don't know i mean you gotta have these guys i hope that they're great and maybe they're the future uh, coach, you know, as Twitter bully or whatever, Mastodon <laughs> bullies, uh, yeah. turn reward into re early retirement. Um, you know, maybe we'll see one of these guys. Yeah. Yeah. I think the big takeaway is those first three names. though. like, let's, let's be excited about them. It, yeah. It's interesting change. And, you know, we talked about like a little bit last week, like this is, you know, Ali is putting his stamp yeah. on the org a little bit. So let's see how it goes. I think other than the final, two hours of his season. We were all pretty on board with Ali. So let's, <laughs> let's give him, you know, let's give it to him. I'm, yeah. I'm excited to see it. Still very, very much an Ali Marmol fan. Yes. So, 
Um, all right. So we've got some other um, new moves happening. A few things have started happening now that the offseason has begun in earnest. We're past the big things with Arenado and Wayno, and now we're into the crunchy roster maintenance, roster movement, little moves before true, like big free agency free agency things happen. But uh, let's start with the most speculative, most fun thing here. Uh, ben, I'll, I'll give it to you. Well, you know, I, I think everybody knows that that uh, amazing Trey Turner video was going around the internet last week, um, which is awesome, I thought. And John Hamm was um, uh, the narrator of it, obviously. I love that, John Hamm. <laughs> St. Louis Cardinal super fan and uh, native. Uh, so it was kind of funny, I think, that he was narrating that video, which if you haven't watched it, go seek that out and find it. Is he your uh, favorite celebrity, John Hamm? Is Hamm's? he my favorite celebrity? No, I don't like any celebrities. They're all stupid. But... Ham. Oh, oh God, that was so stupid. Uh, yeah, Nate, he's my favorite celebrity because of the ham. Thank you. That's I, all I, I wanted. Yeah. God. Um, what was I saying? Uh, anyways, he made a point in Sports Illustrated this week to come out and say that he does not want Trey Turner to sign with the Dodgers, even though he made that hype video. He wants him to sign with the Cardinals. And I say, yes, I think, I think we should do that. John Hamm doing the work. Yeah. Uh, ben, I also think the Cardinals should sign the best free agent uh, yeah. on the market. Is he um, the best free agent, though? I think he's the second best. Who, who are you saying? Judge. Yeah. You don't think Aaron uh, Judge is better? Ooh, that's think an you're wrong, my friend. That's an interesting question. Who will have the best next five years? Yeah. Yeah. Judge. Um, it's probably Judge, but... Judge could put up half the war he put up this year and still had a better year than Trey Turner. Yeah, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but up until this year, Judge was all... You know, he was great. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, rookie of the year. Oh, God. Yeah, He's a uh, home run only derby 50, champion. Only yeah. 50 home runs or whatever in yeah. his rookie season. Yeah. Impress me. No, this, this is this is great. I think you're you're smart. You're right on with this. I, the Cardinals don't need an outfielder. Go get Trey Turner. I think the Cardinals could use an outfielder. Uh, no, I think Trey Turner would be great. I, honestly, I think any of the top ten, however you want to slice it, that's that's where the Cardinals should be shopping. We'll see if that happens. Katie Wu, you know, if you read her article in the Athletic uh, yesterday, she's she thinks that they're going to go for it. She she thinks that the Cardinals are going to strike while the iron's hot. So uh, I trust in Katie. So we'll we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I, I, I am not going to let them break my heart this <laughs> off season. I am predicting no movement. Uh, I, they they sign no one. Yeah, we we were talking about this a little bit off pod before we started recording. I think this is going to be a very spendy winter. I think everybody is seeing their pocketbooks fill back up after a huge year. We talked about how it's. The, the numbers are back to 2019 numbers. The Cardinals in particular jumping from limited capacity to 3.3 plus million in the stands. I think the Cardinals are going to spin. Now, is it the smartest idea for them to just go get Trey Turner and then like kind of stand pat? Probably not. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. You know, uh, while we're talking about this, I, I want to throw out a target that I got for you, Nate. I'm curious to hear your your thought on this. 
think Taylor Rogers should be a St. Louis Cardinal next year. I think they should give him like a two or three year deal, like mm, seven, eight, nine million a year, something like that. Um, You get lefty coming out of the bullpen. He had a bit of a weird year last year. Got traded. Um, But the guy strikes people out. He's a left-handed reliever. I think he would look really great, him and uh, Helsley and uh, Gallegos kind of being the uh, the monster at the end of the bullpen. Yeah, I mean, I I have been pretty supportive of the Cardinals adding at the back end of the bullpen. I think we talked about that last week. I guess I hadn't really thought past, like, just add bullpen arms. Taylor Rogers is interesting. I wonder if he'll want more than seven or eight per year. Um, I know you're right. He did have a, a weird year last year, but he's been generally pretty good for quite a while now. So yeah. I, I could see someone giving him a little bit more than that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have like a hot take on that, but yeah. I, I'm supportive of the general idea, whether it's Taylor Rogers or not. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Oh, I think that's what Cardinal should do. Let's get back to the outline. Um, all right. Next thing I have here for you. This is a question I want you to answer. Uh-oh. <laughs> How should the Cardinals handle the final season of Paul DeYoung's contract? Well, I believe that the Cardinals should not handle the last season yeah. of Paul DeYoung's contract. I hate to, you know. Like, like, like just cut him or what? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what we're still doing here with Paul DeYoung. Like, what is, what is the goal? What what do you think what what do you think is going to happen that we haven't seen over and over and over? You know, we we talked about it with with Tara when he came back and had that little streak of looking good again. Like he, it's either he's clicked in and he's hitting home runs, or it's nothing. Yeah, there there is no like, oh, like you know, he's not crushing it but he's serviceable it's either he's hitting the ball really hard and he's locked in or he's horrible and we just have so many options now that i would rather see get those at bats than paul DeYoung. Yeah. and the cardinals have said hey we got a lot of money again all right cool well cut paul DeYoung. like i i just don't why 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 him over brendan donovan every time you're giving Paul DeYoung at bats. You're taking at bats away from like a Brendan Donovan, yeah. a Tommy Edmond, um, just trying out Mason Wynn because why not? <laughs> yeah. You know, like there's so many people that make more sense to me. It, it used to be okay. Well, at worst, he's a gold glove shortstop, but is he really anymore? And are you really getting much more from him than we got from Tommy Edmond? Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I think just, his defense is steady Eddie. I don't think it's gold glovey or, or, or plus right. it's. So it's, what are we, yeah. what are we doing here? Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. I mean, he seems like a nice guy and I always hate, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I hate like railing right. on these, you know, these guys and like, well, you know, well, but, it comes like, down just, to, sorry, it comes down to like, you need to improve this roster. There's a big stupid hole on your, you know, your 26 man is bad. Um, and he's not really treated like a 26 man when he's on the roster. Like, yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah. I, I was, I didn't think you were going to say ship him out. Um, but, uh, 
uh, trade yeah. him for mm-hmm. like I saw someone float trade him to the Angels for Max Stassi, who's not doing great either. Yeah, and owed around the same amount of money, but at least like if Stassi was our backup catcher then like he serves a better role than sure. Paul DeYoung is our backup, whatever he is. Right. And like the angels kind of need like a backup infield. Like, so you're just trading bad contracts for each other. If you yeah. could get trade him to anyone for anything, I think you do it. But at the end of the day, I think you just, you got to cut him. And I know yeah. it's easy for me to say, but also he he'll be fine. Yeah. He's got like $80 million or whatever. He'll yeah. go and buy a, used car lot and (laughs) live in luxury for the rest of his life you know so uh it's fine yeah um i think mo we will not hold it against you anymore like i think you know mo has this tendency to be like well we signed him he's our guy we're keeping him forever you know and it's like no just it's time to move on um i i this was going around a lot over over the last week right because mosaic was asked who's your starting shortstop next year? And yeah. he was like, you know, Tommy Edmond. And they asked what, you know, Paulie Young. And he's like, well, I think he still has a, he's got something to show us. And it's like, yeah. no, he doesn't. And there's no way Mazalek actually thinks that. This yeah. is like, and I saw other people saying this, so this isn't even, you know, my unique thought, but this is like how Mazalek said, Matt Carpenter is our starting third baseman. And then two days later, <laughs> traded for Nolan Arenado. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I, I don't think that, the Cardinals are going to go into next season with Paul Young in anywhere near a a role on this team. Yeah, yeah. I think no, at best, I think you're right. I think at best he's in the minors, and you know, yeah. we go from there. So. My my prediction is that he's going to be on the Cardinals. And he's going to show up to spring training, and he's like, I got, I brought all my gloves. I can catch. I can play third, <laughs> short, of course, second. I, I'm even. I've even been trying in the outfield, and they're like, thanks, Paul, and he. Maybe breaks camp. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe he's a coach, you know? Yeah. Hey, that actually makes a lot of sense. He's smart. He's that that's not, he's that type of guy, right? Yeah. Like, you know, and there were times I, I will always like Paul DeYoung. There were times where he looked like the best shortstop in baseball, you yeah. know, and I but we can't keep chasing that. Man, baseball he's, is he, hard. He's not getting any younger. <laughs> okay. All right. I did that voice. Yeah, that sucked. Uh, All right. We'll move on. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The last thing I wanted to hit in this little segment was uh, there's, I've just seen Lars Newbar's name thrown out a little bit in trade speculation and everything like that. And and I'm not against trading Lars Newbar, but I worry that he is underappreciated and how good he is right now. And I think that I kind of just wanted to dip into what he did last season. Um, and just kind of like, oh, I guess what my worry is, is that if we did trade him for a catcher or something else like that, is that we wouldn't be getting the right value for him. Because I think that while his result, he like he's still young, his, he's super un, like he has no pedigree, right? No prospect pedigree or anything like that. But I think if you really look at the year that he had last year, he was very, very good. Um, so uh, to illustrate that a little bit, I guess I'm just going to blabber on and then you like interrupt me if I say something interesting or stupid or I don't know how oh, I was going to say if the threshold is say something interesting uh, then we're going to be here all night but <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, 
All right. So I'll just try to break this down. So really quick. Uh, and again, this is all just in this year. He had like 300 uh, plus plate appearances. So all, all small, or small enough sample or whatever. But uh, versus left-handed pitchers this year, he had uh, 13 walks against 13 strikeouts, hit 273 on base percentage of 400, slugging 455 for an 855 uh, OPS against left-handed hitters. Uh, pitchers. He had uh, w- slightly worse numbers, obviously, in a much larger uh, sample size versus right-handed hitters. So uh, really all I'm trying to say is that he doesn't really have split problems. I think that we can expect the right-handed numbers to go a little bit up because of the uh, shift going away next year and the left-handed numbers going down because that's just generally how it works. Um, but what is more exciting is when you pull up his baseball savant page, um, and I'm just going to rattle off some high numbers really quick. He is a 90th percentile in average exit velocity. He is 89th in max exit velocity. He is 80th in hard hit. He is 98 in walks. He is 92 in chase rate, 85 in barrel, 94 in arm strength. Like like all of like, I, you, you know, you and I are looking at the same thing right now. Everything is red or light red on his baseball savant page. Like he is. He, he the numbers didn't all add up, but he's doing everything a baseball player can do well. Well, so then I will throw this back to you because we have had a lot of conversations about this, and I feel like I have left him off of this list every time we've had this conversation, which is you and I both believe in Tyler O'Neill. Yeah. And we both believe in Dylan Carlson. And so we believe there's one outfield spot left for a starter. And I don't think we've even mentioned Newt Bar when we've said Newt Bar, Yepes, yeah. Burleson, Walker. Um, that's four right there. Like, yeah. why would we sign another outfielder if we have all four of the? We have six guys <laughs> that we think are all major league outfielders because Sean Murphy is going to cost an outfielder or two. Okay, that well, that changes the equation for sure. If you trade two or three of these six and yes, obviously. You so, know. All, yeah. And all I'm really saying is like, I think, did you, you know what I mean though? I just, I yeah. feel like his value to his market value, his Cardinals value to his market value are not lining up right now where I think that like a Nolan Gorman's Cardinals value and market value are probably one-to-one or pretty close to that right. because he is a former high end prospect or, you know, he still is a high or however you want to quantify that. But he's like, he's got the fan graphs articles that he's got all the, the eye popping numbers and all that kind of stuff. Like, I think that if you were to go trade Nolan Gorman, you'd get more for your dollar than if you were to include Lars Newbar. is I guess what I'm yeah. trying to say. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And I think part of that, too, though, is if you remember how his season went, is that it was very boomer bust. Yeah. And so those numbers all equal out to uh, to good numbers. Um, but if you remember how it played out in the in the season, it was in the middle, like during the um, during the really dark times of the season. He was part of the reason, you know, he, he was yeah. he was struggling just like everyone else was, but struggling particularly terribly. And then during the crazy um, like late August, early September run, he was one of the best hitters in baseball. We kept talking about like that run of Newt Bar. Goldie, Arenado, and Pujols was like, you know, looked like the best four in baseball. Right. And then he fell off the face of the earth there near the end. Right. And then kind of started turning it around near the, uh, as the season was wrapping up um, and looked pretty good in the two games in the playoffs. But like, 
I think you could easily, if you wanted to just wrap that all under, like he had a couple incredibly hot weeks in the majors and that lifted his overall season. I, that's why I think you would get that opinion that you're yeah. getting, which is it's easy to hand a wave away 300 at bats from a guy who has no pedigree. Um, but I, th- you know, so it kind of depends on how you want to view this stuff. Yeah. Well, and, and that's why I wanted to bring up. These are, these are like, you know, percentile stat rankings, yeah. stat cat. These are, these are, in, these are factual. They are, you know, like luck is irrelevant yeah. in these. And while it is possible that a couple of hot weeks could give you a barrel percentage of, you know, in the 85 uh, percentile in the league. I mean, that's, you know, th- those kind of things are hard to sustain over its 347 uh, plate appearances is what yeah. it told it out to. So it's not a small sample size, but yeah. it's not a, uh, it's not a big one either. I mean, it's half a yeah. season, you know? So yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I, I like Newt bar. He's fun. He, he has all the, he has all the other stuff that you yeah. want. In a, on a baseball player, which is he's fun. Pepper grinder. Yeah. He's got a big pepper grinder. <laughs> uh, so I I suspect that he there's a good chance that he is the opening day right fielder. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, we've got more to talk about, uh, but before we do, as always, you know, we got to remind our listeners that this show is supported on Patreon. Listen. We don't know what's happening with all of our favorite social medias. <laughs> yeah. um, Zuckerberg is collapsing Facebook into the metaverse. Yeah. Elon Musk. What more do, you, do I need to say? Hey. Um, so why not just ditch those things and come hang out with some rude dudes with attitudes? Oh. And- <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Yeah, um, I thought you were, were going to say like ditch those not, heroes and get with the heroes. So I guess that's like, not any better. Rude I mean, dudes with attitudes is way better than. Uh, is it? I don't know. We're 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 nice people. It's a nice <laughs> place to be. Um, <laughs> if you subscribe to our Patreon, Patreon at any level, <laughs> you get access to wheels are coming off the, <laughs> the bird scored. It's our private Discord server. <laughs> where we're there chatting with other fans of the show and diehard baseball fans from around the world. Uh, And it's a really nice place. It's, it's become even more active. We've been having a a wonderful time. Shout out to our existing patrons. Um, And we'd love to have you in there. So patreon.com slash talking about birds. There's a bunch of different tiers and different things, but any level we are really, um, you know, appreciative and a lot of work goes into this show. And if you want to support it, check it out. Also, you could go to your favorite podcast platform and leave us a nice review that helps as well. Um, if you're listening to the show, but not engaging at all online, uh, in any of these toxic places that we're all at, (laughs) um, well, you should while they last Ben, where can people find us online? (laughs) God. (laughs) Um, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at Talk About Birds. You can follow us on Instagram, Talking About Birds. If you want to email us, chat with us directly, thoughts, comments, musings, you can uh, reach us at talkaboutbirds at gmail.com. Um, if you watch the video of, of this uh, that I put out here later, just Nate's looking really gray these days. I think we need to <laughs> wow. e- e- email him some tips and tricks for 
I don't need any tips. I'm leaning into it. Okay. Uh, Yeah. And outside of that, thank you for all our supporters. And uh, yeah, tell your friends, Uh, grab phones, download uh, the podcast, subscribe, all that stuff. Guerrilla marketing. Go for it. We've got a whole slew of uh, ideas for this off season that we hope you'll find entertaining uh, and, and worthwhile. So yeah. uh, Yeah. And Hey, if we get the Patreon going enough, maybe we'll, we'll think about, uh, other like types of content and stuff like that. So, yeah. And again, um, there's that tier $200 million. We'll stop. Yeah, please. Someone, yeah. we just need one subscriber <laughs> at the $200 million level yeah. and we will stop the podcast. Done. Yeah. We'll go hang out with Paul DeYoung. Um, <laughs> I bet I could uh, fix Paul. <laughs> fix him a nice drink. Yep. All right. Oh man. <laughs> this is talking about birds after dark. All right. Uh, speaking of a lot of money, yeah, uh, I feel totally vindicated in my perspective earlier in the season. I know, I know. You have to agree with me at this point. The guy who caught Albert Pujols' 700th home run sold it for $360,000. Yeah. I don't care how big of a Cardinal fan you are, how much you love Albert Pujols, get that check. Sell the ball. Pujols yeah. will be fine. Change yeah. your life. Good for him. Wow, that's a lot of money. $360,000 for yeah. catching a ball yeah. at a baseball game. Yeah. Would you quit your job? Ooh, yes. Yeah. But I'm like, you know, uh, <laughs> three, yeah, yeah. yes. <laughs> but I consider this podcast my job. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that's a lot of guacamole. That'd be a lot of fun, especially like you did it. You you earned that money doing something that you were very excited to do. Yeah. It's Dude, like you many... went down a roller coaster and somebody was like, here's a check, pal. <laughs> yeah. Here's how many, how many, how many wings we get in for 360? I mean, buy one, get one. I mean, you, you're, you're uh, multiple chicken farms. Generations of chickens will be fall to your sword. Um, with that kind <laughs> of money. That is the worst part about eating chicken wings. One of my favorite foods is that yeah. it's like just the amount of souls you're, yeah. you're consuming with every bucket. <laughs> I've never, I've never gotten, I mean, oh got a bucket, uh, all right, but we'll anyway. move along. <laughs> um, yeah, th- so just some Cardinals notes. I'll try to hit these quickly. We're going to well, maybe a little long, so I'll, I'll just run down these. Um, predictably, uh, Paulie Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado are finalists for the MVP. I think it's Paulie's to lose. That's going to happen. Um, President of Baseball Operations uh, John Mozalock said during last week's end-of-season press conference that there is concern about Ray's ability to meaningfully contribute in 2023. Um which that that to me reads as like uh, maybe step one of three of him not being tendered to contract. Yeah. 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 I we said this last week, but like I'm kind of OK with either decision. Yeah. You know, I like I trust they will make like the decision that makes the most sense, at least for right now. And like, I really hope that Alex Reyes become comes back and is a successful major leaguer. It'd be cool if that's with the Cardinals, but if it ends up being with like the twins in three years or whatever, like that's probably fine too. Yeah. Yeah. Just disappointing. Um, yeah. I mean, he was literally the best prospect in baseball at one point. And, uh, and here we are, uh, Moises Gomez who broke a franchise franchise record with 39 home runs in a single minor league season, uh, spread across Memphis and Springfield this year has been added to the 40 man to be protected from, 
the rule five draft, which I think is, is good and interesting. And you mean, you talk about this, this outfield bloat, like I was going to say, here's another one. Yeah. That's seven now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, are they going to trade away the good ones and, uh, and hold on to the bad ones? I don't know. They, the Cardinals have just been churning out outfielders for like five years plus. At We're this just point. populating the rest of the big leagues. With really? All of our outfielders. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then in actually some uh, um, transactional news, the Cardinals announced on Wednesday that they've acquired minor leaguer Jose Furman, um, not Fremen, Furman, from the Guardians in exchange for cash. Um, I'd never heard of him before, but I found a little uh, quote by Eric Loggerhagen, Loggenhagen from Vangraphs. Uh, uh, Furman, I keep wanting to say Fremen. Um, Furman doesn't swing and miss but lacks passable big league physicality and is a better fit at second base than shortstop. So a light hitting second baseman that doesn't strike out. I don't, you know, this is just like, this is a weird move. Maybe there's something they like about him, but he's a Cardinal now. So here you go. Yeah. I saw it just as organizational depth. I saw that going into the 2019 season, he was considered the best glove in the guardians system. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, just one of those guys you have in case everything falls apart. At <laughs> yeah. least you, at least you have a good glove at second base. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I'm guessing somebody in the front office was like, Oh, this guy really doesn't strike out. And if you look at his numbers, he like almost walks more than he strikes out. So yeah, it's something to be yeah. excited about. Moneyball, baby. I guess so. What else you got? Anything, any other notes from the Cardinals? Uh, no, I said, let's move on to the league stuff. All right. Um, yeah. So, um, I mean, a, a lot of it, we, we were going to talk about the world series in this section, but we kind of yeah. ranted about the world series already, <laughs> uh, at, at the top. So, um, you know, I think, uh, we, we mentioned it a little bit already, but James click has been extended for a year and dusty Baker has been extended for a year. Yeah. Uh, both one year deals. So they're going to try to win another one and then probably be gone. I guess Baker made sense to me. He should yeah. be on one year deals. I, he if should, I was Baker, I would retire. Go out. I really top. thought he was going to retire. Yeah. Like what a, what a perfect ending. Oh you yeah. Know? Like one of the big stories of this world series was dusty Baker. Yeah. And then how bad it seemed he was doing. And then of course they turn around and, and he wins. So like, why not? He's like 98 years old. Just right <laughs> out, you know, like TLR, you know, yeah. until, he, until he came back, which was stupid. Yeah. Um, yeah, but okay. Um, we've got the first MLB draft lottery coming up on December 6th. Yeah. So not much more to add to that, but, uh, there's a whole slew of off season deadlines and, yeah. and, and moments. And we'll, we'll try to keep everyone updated on those things as I, they, as they, yeah, come. I'm like definitely curious to see how the lottery goes. Like the brewers have a 0.6% chance of getting the first overall pick. Um, yeah, like obviously that seems like it's not going to happen, but they still have a chance, which is kind of fascinating. So we'll, we'll be paying attention to that when that comes along. I hope they don't get it. <laughs> Brave. <laughs> uh, we already mentioned it, but the Mets signed Edwin Diaz to a five-year, $102 million contract. That's a lot of money. This Steve Cohen only could sign that contract. I think that is so silly. I mean, there's no way he was getting more than like 60 or 70 on the open market. Yeah, he's really good, though. If there's anybody that's going to get a 20 year million 
20 million a year contract as a reliever, it's Edwin Diaz. Yeah, but like know? Aroldis Chapman was throwing 105 when he signed his deal and it wasn't that high. Yeah. I think Chapman was older though. Diaz is only 28, right? Yeah, that might be so, true. Yeah. This is you, you know, you're getting the best reliever in the game at like for the, for their prime. Yeah. You know. I mean, I, you can this could blow up in their faces, <laughs> but it makes sense to me. Cohen has more money than anything, yeah. so why not? How um, much do you think the trumpets were a factor in signing that deal? That it's at least I think it added a cool 15 million on easy, top of it. Easy. Yeah. 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 Uh, what else? What else you want to talk about? Yeah, the baseball hall of fame. The there's a contemporary ballot era. Ba- uh, sorry, a contemporary baseball era ballot for the hall of class of 2023. And that so essentially, what's happening is that a special committee committee is being built to a vote on players who had not made it in the past decade. Some interesting names: um, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Albert Bell, Don Mattingly, Fred McGriff. Dale Murphy, Raphael Palmero, and Kurt Schilling are the candidates. And, you know, like those guys should all probably be in the Hall of Fame. If you're just talking about numbers, it's really interesting. If the, like, I'm curious to see who gets in there. This could be, it could be a messy induction ceremony. I don't like Barry Bonds. If he does get in on this committee, I feel like he is going to have the most like petty, hate fueled, yeah. not hate fueled, but just the most petty. Hall of Fame induction speech of all time. Um, and then there'll be some pettiness for sure. Yeah. Outside of that though, like Dan, Don Mattingly, Fred McGriff, those guys should definitely be in. Um, Albert Bell should probably be in as well. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll kind of interesting. We'll, we'll see. It's a 16 member committee. They'll vote on December 4th. Um, and any candidate receiving 75% or more of the ballot will earn an election. And I think some of those guys are going to get in. Kurt Schilling is going to lobby to have his plaque put on the uh southern border wall that he wants to uh <laughs> yeah yeah it's gonna be interesting that's i'll i'll say that yeah uh do you know how they who like who the 16 member group is don't know now i'm guessing it's going to be made of former players and writers but i don't know yeah okay um well yeah i think i hope that they put bonds and clemens in and just Rip the bandit off. They should have been first ballot Hall of Famers. You and I have talked yeah. about this a lot. Yeah. But, um, so, all right. Well, that'll be interesting to see. There, Those guys, someone's going to put them in. It's go- Is it going to have to be 30 years from now when it's like the old timers committee or right. whatever? Like, they're going to get in. And uh, they should have been voted in in the normal way. Right. I hope that this committee just puts them in. And people can be mad about it if they want. But, like whatever get yeah. over it there's drug users up and down the entire hall of fame <laughs> yeah. we're being very hypocritical all, of by. all kinds of yeah yeah there's every well, drug all kinds of people in that yeah yeah the entire 80s yeah everyone was on speed so yeah. and, co- and cocaine so um all right well on that note um <laughs> we're gonna wrap up this episode we're gonna do something a little different here at the end of the episode instead of playing one of our truly stupid games we're gonna do a little bit of a prediction contest we do these sometimes um in between now and the next episode we should have most of the major if not all of the major award winners announced so ben and i are gonna go down to make our predictions on who's gonna win each award i was thinking about it ben to make it interesting, because I think we're going to have a lot of overlapping opinions on this. Sure. Um, we're going to try to pick 
we're just going to pick our, our, like, how are the top three actually going to go in order? Okay. And uh, we'll do points. So if you get like first overall, correct, you get three points, second, two, third, one. Does that yep. make sense? All yep. Right. Uh, so we'll go through all the major races. Uh, we'll, I think we kind of go through this kind of quick, but we'll see where the conversation goes. So um, let's start with, uh, I'll start with, with the AL MVP. Let's just start right at the top of the ticket here. Okay. Um, you've got Jordan Alvarez, Aaron judge and Shohei Otani are your candidates, your finalists. Yeah. Um, you will alternate. You go first on this one and then I'll, I'll say mine and then we'll flip judge. It's going to be number one. He's going to win. Yeah. Dirtoy. Cause, uh, I mean, I, I don't need to add flavor to that, right? I mean, my hot take is it should still be Otani, but um, yeah. I I have to say I agree with you, Judge. My prediction is Judge will win, but yeah. it's just, if that's I just were, the way it's going to go. If I were a voter, I'd be voting for Otani. Yeah. Um, Judge broke a record. Well, he broke the AL record. Right. That has been broken multiple times in baseball already. And Otani, the only thing Otani has done is broken his own thing he did last year. <laughs> right. There's never been anybody like Otani. Yeah. And there may not ever be again. But um, I get it. You know, 62 home runs is. Yeah. It's is kind of boring. Game. But yeah, that's just the way it is. If he didn't also hit 330 or whatever, yeah. then I would say this is like a lock for Otani. But like, don't get me wrong. Judge had an incredible season. Yeah. I just. Historically speaking, I think what Otani is doing is more important than what Judge is doing. But it's but hard to be in New York. It is hard to be in New York. What a poor guy. <laughs> a poor tree person. Yeah. Um, all right. So you got Judge overall. Who, who you got number two? Um, I'm Jordan. I mean. Wait. You think Jordan is going to get number two? Oh, uh, so no, Shohei. Sorry. Okay. I'm, I'm, right. I'm looking at the wrong list. All right. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you on this one. It's going to be a really boring segment if we disagree with each other. I all of them, but <laughs> there might be some differences. Yeah. These top level ones. So right, yeah. let's go to the NL MVP. Okay. Um, we know this one. We've got Goldie, Arenado and Machado. How fun is it? to have two of the three be Cardinals. Like it's been so long since we've had legit MVP candidates yeah. on the Cardinals, like since Pujols basically. And you got two of the three from the Cardinals in the same year. So I, uh, you said Goldie already was your pick for number one earlier. Yeah. I'm going first on this one. I'm just going to run down it. I think it's going to go Goldie Machado Arenado. That's my prediction. Well, I agree with you, but for the sake of this exercise, it was well thought out. I'm going to say Goldie Nolan Manny. Okay. Yeah, I think that uh, the voters are going to pick Goldie. And then I think that uh, because of that, even if Arenado maybe should be number two, I suspect there's going to be some like vote balancing all that like weird gamification right. people do in this stuff that like they shouldn't really do but they do anyway so um all right wow this is what incredible radio this is um <laughs> all right al cy young we're yeah. getting interesting here okay bane you're going first dylan cease 
Alec Manoa, Justin Verlander. I think it's going what to is your... JV. Yeah. JV is going to get it. Um, they're they're going to weigh the postseason, even though they shouldn't. But the comeback story, also, he was just dominant all year. Um, all right, so you got JV, and then uh, who second? Um, I'll go. I'll go Manoa second. Okay, and then Cease third. Yeah, you know, there's okay. something about the AL East compared to the AL Central. I think that the voters will see it that way. I think it's going to be Cease second. He had a had a pretty incredible season. Um, a season. Yeah, just, you know, his competition is just crap, so. Yeah. Yeah, Manoa was pretty good, um, to put it lightly. <laughs> hot takes, right. hot takes. NL Cy Young. We got Sandy. Yeah, we got uh, Max Fried from the Braves, and we've got Julio Urias from the Dodgers. Uh, I I think this is like a slam dunk uh, if for me um, across the awards, but the amount of innings pitched and uh, the complete games and everything like that it has to go to Sandy for me. Yeah, it's it certainly seems obvious at this point that Sandy's first overall. Pretty incredible season. And just in the, today's game, like the amount of complete games and whatnot, like people, people love that. I love uh, it. I love it too. Uh, who you got for number two? Uh, number two, I will go. Oh, I like Max Freed. Uh, I'll say Max Freed. I like Max Freed. All right. Um, Max Freed. And so you got Julio as third. Um, I, I think it's going to go the other way around. I think Freed will get third. Urias will be second. Wow. Wow. I can't I... wait to add up all this. <laughs> uh, you're working hard over there. I am. All right. AL rookie of the year. Uh, Steven Kwan. Oh, love him. America's favorite. Yeah. Julio. Rodriguez and Adley Rushman. This is actually good. Um, I think I have to give it. Uh, that's actually tough. Okay. And now I'm, I, I got it. I'm going to go Adley Julio. Okay. All right. Adley Julio. I think, and... Ad, I mean, he just changed the season and what the, the, the Orioles were like, he is out of those players. He's the best of the three. Yeah. Um, now we'll see, you know, how obviously like Julio contributed all year, but that's, I don't know. That's where my money is. Like Adley's just a game changer. Yeah. I mean, Julio's um, incredible too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I can't see Adley is awesome. And Adley might end up being the one from this list that like truly ends up being the like generational player. Um, you know, I think there's been a lot of like Buster Posey comps and stuff yeah. like that. You know, and then I get that. That makes a lot of sense to me. Um, but Julio had almost a 30, 30 season in his rookie year. Uh, he was really the face of the, the, the new look Mariners while they didn't have a deep postseason run. They were still like super fan favorites and what a likable guy too. The rookie or the home run derby. What a breakout. What a fun dude. I think it's going Julio. Um, and then Adley and then Stephen Kwan. I love Kwan. What yeah. a what a great profile and, and type of player. But he's got to be looking at this being like, yep, look at us, boys. <laughs> <laughs> top, 
top three. It doesn't really matter what order we come in, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. Quan's awesome, um, though. I, I love Quan too. I uh, I think this one's kind of tough too. NL Rookie of the Year, Brendan yeah. Donovan. Yeah. How fun is that? Uh, Michael Harris and then Spencer Strider, two Braves. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's got to be Harris Strider. But uh, Harris over Strider for sure. He was he was awesome and position player and just great and yeah. secured the bag. He did. Um, I just have to agree with you straight up on this one. Yeah. Harris, stupid Braves. Like they just keep finding these dudes. It's like, oh, they called him up. That was pretty early. What's he going to do? <laughs> Dominate. Oh, cool. You've got another Acuna out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, but he's faster. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. <laughs> Stupid, sexy Braves. All right. Uh, manager of the year. Yeah. AL. Okay. Terry, Terry Francona. Brandon Hyde from the Orioles and Scott Cervais from the Mariners. Oh, man. I think the voters are going to go Terry Francona, but I would go Brandon Hyde. So I'm going to listen to my gut and go Brandon Hyde, Terry Francona. Okay. Um, let me see. You said Brandon Hyde and then Terry. Uh, Terry. Okay. The old Terry ball game. <laughs> uh, and then surveys. Yeah. Third. Um, I'm going to go the complete opposite of you, I think. Some real intrigue here. Wow. People, <laughs> people, uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> he did it. Oh my God. He's crazy. He's, He's crazy. crazy. <laughs> he did it. Yeah. I don't know. I think speaking of like talking about Julio, the hyper on the Mariners, yeah. like, They've been so close. They finally got over the edge. Big dumper. Big dump. Big dumper. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what? what? Cal Raleigh. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. We talk uh, about big dumper all the time in our house. Do. I'm shocked that you're not. Like, come on now. <laughs> uh, I avoid your house Good. as much as I can. All right, <laughs> NL Manager of the Year. Dave Roberts. Buck Showalter. And Brian Snitker. What a snub for Marmol. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I really thought Marmol would do better. Yeah. You know, I, I actually don't like any of these candidates. Um, it's like super team, super team, super team. Um, yeah. I think that a lot of people could have managed well. Um, so I'm going to just try to vote with who I think the voters are going to go with. And I'm going to get, say, uh, Buck and then Snit. Yeah, I'm just going to agree with you on this one. Um, Dave Roberts, like, come on. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, the, you know? these teams are all super teams. They're like super high yeah. payrolls, great players all over the place. Like, what are, what are you talking about here? That's why I thought Marmol was going to have a legit chance this year. Because, yeah. like, they're the only ones on this group that, like, you know, there was they were not predicted necessarily. It was, it was considered a toss-up, if not yeah. leaning uh brewers going into the season to win the nl central and the cardinals run away with it yeah and he's a and he's a rookie manager so obviously we're biased but like this is such a narrative heavy above above all of the uh awards this is the really it's a narrative award right and i just didn't think any of these guys like 
cool. You took your super teams and brought them to the yeah. majors. Well, yeah, the oh. one, I guess we'll give the Mets because it's the Mets and they constantly fail and they didn't this year, even though they did ultimately, but like, so that's why I agree with you. That it'll be show Walter. Cause you know, yeah, I think if I, if I was like writing this down, I think Ali would be up there for sure. And also uh, I'm forgetting his name right now, the Padres manager this year, but he lost their superstar uh, before the season even started. Um, the team was changing. They were, you know, plugging in uh, Hassan Kim, who kind of came out of nowhere. He managed the pitching staff that was broken all year. Like, uh, why can't I think of his name? Um, guy from the A's, who's a great manager. Uh, Bob Melvin. Bob Melvin. There we go. Jeez. Yeah. Maybe that's why I didn't get nominated. Nobody could remember Bob <laughs> Everyone Melvin. Forgot. But I thought he, oh, shit. he did yeah. a great job in a super tough division um, with a crazy team. Like I, that would have made more sense to me than than Buck or uh, Snit. Yeah. Like Snit won the World Series last year. What What is like the team is good. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways. I guess there's the like, you know, the Braves had the insane second half run yeah. chasing down the Mets. But yeah, I guess I'm just not as yeah. Like, like Anthopolis uh, deserves that award more than Snit. Like he's the one that called up those guys and extended the guys and and yeah. you know made that all happen. But whatever. Well, um, we'll have the rousing conclusion of this <laughs> uh, surely to be award winning segment. Um, <laughs> uh, talking week. shit on the segment mid segment <laughs> is always a good sign. <laughs> Uh, you know we'll see i actually think Um, it was really good and i think uh well we didn't put any stakes on it maybe that's the problem what 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 is the bet should we do another steak (sighs) shit i guess so i mean yeah i guess that's you already owe me a ribeye and i'll buy one for you and your wife a couple of steaks for the fam are you talking about my wife Tab after dark. Yeah. All right. Shut it down. All right. Well, um, that'll do it for this episode. (laughs) Again, thank you everybody for listening. Tell your friends, tell your wives, tell your husbands, grab their phones. Yeah. Subscribe. Smash that subscribe button. Yeah. Um, Check out the Patreon. Yeah. Shout out to the patrons. Yeah. To the bird scored. Yeah. And uh, hey, maybe we'll get, maybe the Cardinals will sign Trey Turner in between now and the next Let's episode. Let's go. John Hammett up. John Hammett up. And with that, we'll be back next week at the same time as always. And until then, go John Hammett. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye.